0: Welcome back to the Fit CFO Show. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and together with my husband, Sean, we created this podcast as a way to help you read your business's financial goals. We will break down common financial myths and mistakes in business and share with you the tools and knowledge to take your business to the next level. Our hope is that you'll become financially equipped for success in your business and in turn, help our mission to make this world a healthier place. If you get valuable information out of this podcast, we just ask that you please share it with your audience and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and help health and fitness businesses succeed. Today on the show, I am bringing to you a very special guest, Jason Milland, host of the School of Impact podcast. He has over a decade of experience in the fitness space, has built three multiple six-figure fitness businesses, including his own gym. His main mission is to help online coaches make more money, change more lives, and create impact in the world. Today, we are going to talk all about converting your content into clients. This is an episode you're not going to want to miss. This is The Fit CFO Show. Well, cool. I'm excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being on. So tell me about... I'm always so curious to hear people's journey into this space in the first place because... I just think it's always so inspiring to hear what compelled you to even get into the health and fitness space yourself.
1: Yeah. So long story short, I retired pretty early um, from a career in the fire department. I got, oh, cool. um, uh, electrocuted in a house fire. we were doing a search and rescue oh, and wow. that, um, it pr- pretty much woke me up. Like literally it, like pun intended, it shocked me into like the right mindset because I was 53 pounds overweight, a super unhealthy. Oh wow! And and, like literally leaving the hospital from that incident was like my awakening to where it's like, I just, I was like, I gotta, I I gotta do better. And that led me to really starting to focus on my own fitness, on my own health. And, you know, I kind of figured it out and I started to lose weight. I started to get healthy. I started to get fit. And I noticed that like my, my, my shift mates initially, this was, these are like my first quote unquote clients. They weren't really clients. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I started helping them because they were like, dude, you're, you're inspiring us. Like, can yeah. we work out with you? Tell us what you're doing. And next thing I know, like I started helping them lose weight and then their like wives and their family and, and stuff like that would come in and I would be like doing these little mini boot camps in, yeah. in the back of our fire station. And I was like, man, I just fell in love. I was like, yeah. I freaking love this versus like having to go to a, um, a scene where I'm like picking up somebody that just like overdosed on meth. I was like, let me try to see if I can help people before they get down that low and like frequency and, and vibration. And oh,
0: that just came um, in goosebumps. Wow.
1: <laughs> and so that yeah one day i just walked into my chief's office and i was like man i don't know why but there's a voice calling me maybe it's god maybe it's it's something but it's calling me to do this other thing and i gotta i gotta put my two weeks in um you know fast forward i i jumped into doing um personal training yeah like i got my personal training certification down in south florida and i started working in like an la fitness and kind of went that route and I was like, man, this is really good. I was making some decent money, and yeah. then I started training my own clients, and then I started running boot camps in a park. And next thing I know, I knew like I just like people just like I I, I don't know. I was just I, I had this like knack, and like people would just like come to me, yeah, and we were like a magnet. Uh, yeah, I it wasn't like I don't think anything super special about me. I just think that I was passionate, and people can feel the passion, you know.
0: I was gonna say, don't you feel like the energy that you put out there is the energy that you attract, though, and people are attracted to that energy?
1: A thousand percent, right? And I think that's what starts in the initially for most most of us that get into coaching. Yeah. You know, I didn't get into it for an entrepreneurship kind of deal. I was just like, yeah. I was just like, I just I wanted to do something different. I want to help people. And I don't know, I was sitting around, had like 50, 60 people inside of a boot camp. And I was just like, whoa. Um, and I was in like a local city park. And I remember the city coming in and they were like, hey, man, um, you, you can't do this. <laughs> you
0: gotta, <laughs> you like need you- a permit or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were like, y- you got to pay us like 30% if you're going to continue to operate in this park. I'm like, 30%. Oh,
0: that's nuts.
1: I was like, dude, I don't know. I was like, I'm, I'm actually legitimately trying to start a
0: business.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so that kind of led me to, um, to starting, um, what came to be a South Florida's only outdoor fitness center where we actually, we found this old abandoned hockey rink
0: Okay. and
1: we converted it. Um, first in all honesty, without permission, we kind (laughs) of, we kind of like just took, it was just abandoned, right? Like ask permission later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We ended up becoming a staple in the city and like had the mayor and stuff out there. And, uh, yeah, but like we got shut down a lot. We got told no a lot, but we were like, like you like saying like, Hey man, I want to make a healthier world. That's, that was kind of our motto too. We want a healthier, happier world. And so we were like, screw it. I mean, people are out here in South Florida selling drugs on the streets. You know, like yeah. at least we're selling fitness, right? So yeah,
0: right, we're, right.
1: We're, <laughs> we're legally selling fitness yes. on the streets, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we converted this old hockey rink into a fitness center. We put turf down in it. We we literally like built a fitness center. We built pull up wow. bars. We we had we got equipment out there we had like a a, a big storage unit where we can just pop open and we had like I'm talking barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells we built a ninja gym out there I mean it became like a thing oh my gosh (laughs) like
0: you said ninja so your shirt in your podcast says American Ninja Warrior were you on American Ninja Warrior yeah I was yeah oh my gosh that's I have a lot more questions but continue
1: (laughs) well you know Long story short on here, what actually, and I'll share like that will end up happening. And I, and I know a lot of people could probably relate to this too, you know, like maybe probably you, I know you, you were mentioning with Anytime Fitness. And I think this is a pretty common journey. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's common, maybe it's not, but We had, so we had grown our outdoor fitness center. We grew it to about 298 members, technically Uh a little over 300, but not all of them were clients. Some of them were like front end offers through challenges and stuff. We had about 20, 298 was like the peak and um, we're doing pretty well. Um, I had no idea like how to manage money. So like, thank God I know you now. <laughs> I had no idea back <laughs> then how to, how to manage money. I,
0: it didn't exist back then. Believe me, <laughs> we, we would have loved it too.
1: <laughs> yeah. This is, this is about 20, 2016. Uh-huh. Um, and did definitely. I had a team, you know, I had trainers and a team out there under me, but like, I didn't know how to manage and stuff. And anyways, yeah. we, we got, we had such like this, like kind of buzz going around South Florida that, Um, and this is kind of like where I really learned how to market. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of investors come out to people like, Hey, can we invest in this? It's like, like, it's so good. And so I was like, I I was so naive and ignorant to all this stuff. I was just like, finally, there's this one dude. Um, it was a member of, I was the husband of one of our members. He Mm -hmm. was like, Hey, uh, you know, can I, uh, can I give you, can I put 50 K into your business? I think we can franchise it. And I was just like, yeah, I agree. And so we combined total. I put in 50K. We'll talk, let's talk about finances. I put in 50 yeah. or He put in 50K. I put in 30K. And we ended up franchising our model. And we started to actually like get franchise. We got we had a bunch of interests. There's people. Yeah. And so I'd be going out having these franchise con- consultations. We were like... We were exploring land. I, I felt like freaking um, uh, Ray Kroc and McDonald's. Yeah, I was just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> is, "This is, is this how it feels." This is and nice. yeah, and um, you know, long story short, I wasn't in the right uh, mindset. I was a little bit too young in business at that yeah. time. Um, I was getting just torn up by like Anytime Fitnesses, the yeah. the Fit Body boot camps, the Nine Rounds. Like they were just destroying the market well, there.
0: 2016-ish that's kind of when that was all really kind of exploding like the the franchise model for those um i guess 24-hour fitness centers like that
1: yeah they were big the the franchise boutique gyms were big like orange theories were were, which rooted from south florida they were like all of the i mean they were just like we just didn't we didn't have a strong enough model at that time yeah and so With me being so out there focused on growing the franchise, the, the, um, and this is why I was a bit, I was just a bit too early in my own knowledge and in in capacity and things like that. So our gym started to like kind of tank because our systems weren't as dialed in. Finances were, I was just like, yeah, I'll spend 30K today. Like, you know, and it was just
0: like, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so we started losing members because I wasn't there all the time. And yeah, it, that's, things that's started so the break.
0: it's so hard when I have experience with uh, my insurance agency, because I, I opened two locations and it did get to that point where, oh my gosh, I'm never here, but yet I'm never here because I'm all over the place. And so you're never, you know, it gets really hard to continue that community, that vibe, because you ultimately brought that together. And so when you're not concentrating on that as much, I can definitely see that kind of going down a little bit.
1: Yeah. And it was brutal, you know, it was brutal mentally, it was mm-hmm. brutal physically. Yeah. And so I, I ended up having to like, literally, um, be out there at, at, to open up the the fitness center at like 5. AM because yeah. I, I was having some attrition with like trainers and stuff like that. And, um, I would pretty much be there. I'd, I'd have like one of my trainers that would come out and like take over mid-morning so I can like go and actually freaking hit networking events and go start marketing and things like that. Um, running my Facebook ads and stuff back then. And then I just remember like, so this was like mid uh, 2007. Uh, no, this is late 2016, early mm-hmm. 2017. Yeah. Um, We were about to have our first born, Ava, who's now six. Yeah. And- I remember when was she like, born?
0: Cause Henley February. is Henley's six. Okay. Henley is September. So they're about six months apart. That's cool. Five months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, like it's, I know all about that. I was like, all right, I got to get some things figured out. Right. I got to get this figured out right now. And so she, she was just born right. When all this stuff was kind of going down. And I remember like being in the hospital, man, and being like, dude, I'm like stressed out over money. Like all these things like are breaking. Like, I don't even know if like the, the, if the trainers I have right now are going to actually show up at the gym today. So I'm, I'm expecting like cancellations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like
0: you're like, supposed to be having like the most joyous moment of your life with your daughter being born and you're you have all this anxiety and fear going on in the back of your head.
1: Yeah. And I remember a few days after that, you know, she was just, maybe a few few days, a few weeks. I can't remember exactly, but I do remember the instance where I was sitting in in our parking lot in front of the or sitting in my truck in, in the parking lot front of our outside of our fitness center. And I remember like just literally crying. And like yeah. I was just like, man. Like I was saying some some words that I probably shouldn't repeat. But I was like looking at myself in the rear view mirror and I was just like, dude, you've you you got to do better than this, man. I was just like, is this the father that you're gonna be?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was just like this moment where, I mean, there's no like magical fairy or unicorn popped out or anything, but like, it was just like this deciding factor of like, no, no. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to take control. Like, I'm going to do what it takes. And that's kind of what led me to, um, trying to figure some stuff out. I was like, you know, like when, when things go from bad
0: to worse. Oh, uh, yeah. I know that multiple times. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's what happened, right? And so yeah. like my Facebook ads weren't working. Yeah. Um, the only thing I had going was that I knew how to talk. Like I was I was intro what's funny too is I'm so introverted. Like,
0: oh my gosh, um, so am I. I am I am ex- I completely and, get it.
1: <laughs> and here we are jamming, right? But I know, it's like, right? Yeah. You know, but I was so introverted. Yeah. But I, for some reason, I don't know, when it came to talking about like fitness and stuff, like yeah. I just came alive.
0: You can switch that on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, so I knew I could do that. And yeah. that's the only thing I knew that I can do. So I was like, okay. Um, this was right around the time where Facebook started allowing like, like regular people, like you and I to go and do live video. I prior it was like the rock, like Dwayne, the rock Johnson could be on
0: there. <laughs> You had to be like somebody special.
1: <laughs> yeah. But like, you couldn't just the yeah. regular Joe couldn't do it. And, and I guess they were testing the feature. Sure. And so I started to go live and I started to, to like attract people. And they were like, man. And I remember one person was like, I wish I could train with you, but I live too far now.
0: Ah, yeah. And I was
1: like what about if I started online thing? And this is yeah. like 2017, Before, 2018. Right. Yeah. And so I did, but I did it wrong. I'll say wrong for me. And in my opinion, this is flat out wrong for most people this day and age, because, which I can explain my reasoning, but because content is so commoditized now. Yeah. But even back then I was film. I filmed an entire follow along workout program. I literally paid one of my trainers to like, just be the victim. And, and, <laughs> and like, I, it took, it took man it took weeks to get all of this put together. I mean, we literally, it, it was crazy. Nobody wanted it. <laughs> I oh. was like, Oh, I should have probably asked people
0: first. Sure. Oh, like, and yeah. Okay. I see. I see where you're going here. You kind of had that do it wrong first and then you figure it out. And then now you've got to figured out. So yeah, continue with what you're saying. Cause I know exactly Which what you Which
1: is you're- a big lesson, I think for most, oh you know, and I even talk with, I even talk with a lot of coaches now that are kind of like starting their own, you know, online coaching business or brick and mortar business. And yeah. they, they say things like, man, I just got to build out the program first. Yeah. I'm like, especially for online more so. And I'm like, right. uh,
0: but I don't how- know. How similar is that to I just need this other certification. If I knew more about gut health first, if I know more about hormones, then I'll get more clients, right? Like how much of that goes on before we start to a market?
1: you know? and a lot of it probably comes from like needing validation and 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 having a fear of like letting people down and stuff. and that's mm-hmm. certainly where mine came from. but what i've what I learned, and this is probably a good lesson, it's like, <laughs> man, it's like. Figure out what your market wants first.
0: Yeah. What problem are you solving?
1: Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I did after. So after I created all this stuff, I I then I just went to my current clients, you know, and I was my in-person clients, and I was just like, hey, what do you guys need more of? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want more of? And they were like, um, if we can get more help with like nutrition, staying consistent, accountability. And I was just like, Huh. So I created a program called flag. Um, I didn't make up the name for this. I, I I saw somebody else in my network doing it. And so I just like, I just like swiped the name, but it was like fat loss accountability group. Oh, I love that. And so I just started to like do these zoom. I just literally had nothing. I had like, no, it was just like, come on to zoom.
0: Like you didn't have anything (laughs) pre-built.
1: No, it's just like, yeah. come on to zoom and let's just talk about your problems. And yeah. so it ended up being like this, like therapy mindset call. Like, and it was just like, somebody's like, Oh, what do I buy a potato? Or I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You're, you're not really concerned about the potato. Right. Let's, let's, we're like, Oh, well I just feel anxious if I'm eating like anything that like remotely. Right. And I'm like, so let's talk about that. And People were like, Jason, this is like transformational. It's like changing my life. And I was just like, oh. And that's when I started to like build out like workout programs online. So I started to say, okay. It's right around that time. I was like, I'm going to sell my freaking gym. It's, like, it's a nightmare. And yeah. so I had all these interested buyers right now. Fast forward. Okay, let me fast forward. Um, this, is, this went on for like, you know, eight, nine months. And so we're now in like, um, we're now like end of 2018, 2019. And so I put all, I, I got everything down in order. I was like, I'm going to sell my gym. And so fast forward again, I know I'm fast forwarding a lot, but this is like now 2019. We went through a bunch of rounds of like people interested in buying our gym. Yeah. I mean, it was super, it was profitable. And like we Absolutely. had a good client base, really good client base after we kind of fixed things up. Um, and then 2020 hit and we were so close to making a deal. And then this thing called, uh, covid
0: yeah oh my god all the buyers out because you were selling
1: and all these buyers that were like we had a bunch of people interested we were like getting ready to like make a decision with who we wanted to sell to (sighs) zero people wanted it go figure everybody's like we're gonna wait
0: we're gonna ride this thing out right let's let this covid thing blow over yeah and so I pretty much like
1: gave it, <laughs> nobody would buy it. So I was like, Hey, to one of my trainers is like, just pay me like, as you make money, just let's just, I, I, and so I ended up leaving the area and that's when I really went all in on the online stuff. And that's yeah. where I started to grow the online fitness business. I built a cup. Co- I, what I did is I built a couple of weeks of trainerized workouts. I already had nutrition stuff put together. It was basic things like, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then I just, I asked people, I'm like, "Hey, I got this new online program that's going to help you lose some weight. You want it?" And we signed up 10 no, 11 people for our first round um at about 750 a pop. Yeah. And then the second round we we raised the prices to about 1500 um and then we just kind of kept growing from there and you know, within 12 months, so this is now end of 2020, we had um we had done over half a million dollars just from
0: like that,
1: <laughs> just from so you know, let's
0: to say, like, uh, aside from you know the buyers pulling out on your gym sale, you did not let COVID stop you from building your online business. And I feel like a lot of uh entrepreneurs, and I will say too, owning a brick and mortar, um, especially when you're like the face per se very hard to be an entrepreneur because it, it essentially like, I mean, it takes over a lot of your life. You know, if somebody calls in sick, you have to be there. If a pipe goes wrong, you have to be there. If, you know, X, Y, Z happens, like you have to physically be there, which makes it difficult to be an entrepreneur in general. Um, You know, unless you have multiple different locations and you have managers at each location and you're able to, you know, I, I really think that, that in that case, that's that's one way to do it. But if you're really interested in in the entrepreneurship side, it's very difficult to have a brick and mortar. But to, from what it sounds like to me though, like you did not let COVID stop you from expanding your online coaching because some people either just completely flopped and, and their business didn't work out or they thrived. What was your success during such a pivotal moment in your transition
1: um i don't know i think there's a few things really and i think i think pretty much all of us as humans probably have this it's like we're either looking to escape some kind of pain right maybe we're in like this pain and a lot of the times there could be gain and i think at different levels of our journey we're going to be driven by one more than the other yeah. and at at that time i was just like i I don't ever want to feel that rock bottom feeling where it's like I literally cannot take care of my family. Like that and moment I was just like,
0: where you're sitting in front of the gym just
1: Yeah, it was a lot of it was that. And at the same time it's like the whole reason I got into fitness and opened my gym and in and, and and um went in on franchising was because I wanted to I wanted to help change millions of people's lives. Yeah. And you know, um I think both of those things, it's A, I just don't want to feel I don't want to feel that crappy again. Yeah. And B, it's like I, I want to actually help make a difference in the world. Yeah. And those are the two things that dri- that drove me. I was just like, um, kind of latching on to a pain. And a lot of people like try to avoid it, right? It's like is it's painful to think about painful things, right? But it's like right. when you when you can in 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 I have the, you know, back here I have the thinking girl rich book, which I love the model where they're like the things that we think of, like mm-hmm. the things that you're thinking become your beliefs, which roots into your identity,
0: Yeah.
1: right? And so your thoughts then translate to your states, the emotional yep. state that you have. Yeah. And then that dictates the actions you take, yeah. right? So if somebody is like, and that obviously gets the result. So it's like, if somebody's like, hey, I am thinking of, like I'm feeling all this self-doubt or whatever, then their state's gonna probably be a bit of you know anxiety or worry or something like that and then the actions they take are probably going to be very weak or very incongruent to the thing that they actually want right yeah. the results they actually want and I think that's a lot of like what I really paid attention to then and I like, still do now it's like yeah the thought was I don't want to be broke yeah but the motive like the motive was so that I can take care of my family
0: yeah right
1: and so the motive you had it my framed.
0: Stage. You had it framed so that it was a benefit, and and I too agree with that. Like a lot of people are complacent because that pain isn't strong enough, right? And yeah. then you, you, they get to the point where it finally is, and then they they make the change. But I also think there's you know imposter syndrome that a lot of people struggle with, and. Oh, yeah you know, if that's what your obviously our, our, our focus is where our, our energy goes, where our focus grows or whatever that saying is. And so if uh-huh. we're just constantly focusing on like, I don't know enough, I'm not good enough. Why would they hire me when there's all these other coaches out there they can hire that's, that's what's going to happen. Right. And, and how do we get to the root of that issue? So, cause we all have imposter syndrome of mm-hmm. some sort. Every single one of us has it. Um, How do you, when you're working with your uh, coaches, and I'm curious about how you transitioned and we'll get back to that from um, being a coach to now coaching coaches. I'm curious about that transition too. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're working with these coaches who are all amazing people in their own way with the, what they're offering and bringing to the industry, how do you switch that? Because I'm sure a lot of them have that imposter syndrome of some sort. What is your, I guess, saying for that? Like, what do you do for them?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm under the belief that most of our results come from not lack of knowing a strategy. Sometimes, yeah, yeah at the beginning. But like once you kind of have, have had some kind of mentorship or coaching, it's like you kind of know the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there There are some cases to where the strategy just is outdated or sucks. Sure. Right. It's like, you know, um, can you go DM a hundred people right now and sign up some clients? Sure. It's called outbound cold marketing. Sure, You can, like I went and knocked on hundreds of doors when yep. I was, I did my gym. a lot
0: of cold calling when I was had my <laughs> cold calling me too. <laughs> so, like, but
1: <laughs> you, so my example is like that it is a working strategy or tactic. I choose not to do that because I think that is an inefficient strategy, especially when you're not trying to like for earlier on coaches. Right. So it's like, if you're like, Hey, I just want to get to my first six or seven figures online. Like you don't need to do that. You could just strategize better. Right. So I I, strategy does take a role into some of that kind of imposter. Right. But a lot of it just has to come down to like, what, what is there. What is the root, right? Is there is they have like I know I was working with a coach recently, and they just really were struggling to take money, like, mm. and, and then they were like, "Well, I can't make. I, I don't know why I'm not signing up clients." Then we talked, and we got down to like they just literally were scared to take people's money. They wow. were told that like money is the root of all evil, and and so I think imposter syndrome. Wow. Yeah. It comes from that. It comes from the fear of rejection. It's like, oh, you mean I gotta actually go talk to humans? What if they reject me? I you know, and there's and so what I do, and by the way, I am still like in my career, I've been doing this a decade. I'm still uh I fall into this like imposter syndrome trap. Like mm-hmm. I've been um in recent in recent times, I've been hit up by some pretty big names in the um Personal development space. It's, mm-hmm. I won't, you know, name drop them out, whatever, whatever. But, and I was just like, why is this person reaching out to me? Yeah. Like these people have like nine, 10 figure companies and like right. they're well known. Like if I say their name, they'd be known. I'm like, why would they reach out to me? Yeah. These are my first thoughts coming up. Right? right. And I'm just like, instead of owning it, being like, bro, because you're doing really good things right now in the market and like own it, people are talking. Instead, my first thought is like, "Why me?" You know, yeah. is this a joke? Ashton Kutcher? Is that people still remember that? Was <laughs> <what's> that show Punked?
0: Might be Punked. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> like,
1: right. Because I'm just like, why would they reach out to me? And and like, so part of it, you know, it's ownership. And what I would tell people, it's like, it's like starting to find the, especially if you have that imposter syndrome, it's finding the proof, right? And so what I what I do and what I teach people, it's like. I have a, I have these like cards of like, I like whenever somebody sends me a, a card in the mail or says, Hey Jason, like, dude, you, like you really changed my life or it, it, the littlest things that I'm looking for. And so when I do start feeling an imposter syndrome on anything, like I look, I'm like, look at that. And so even if somebody has never produced a result for somebody, which I highly doubt, it's like, I tell them to go do it. Just go like help somebody, even if it's free, like just once. Just go yeah. like help your neighbor <laughs> and then like, just give them your all. And like, you have yeah. to build that belief, right? You have to build that kind of belief up. Uh, but it's like looking for ways, because I think a lot of us are programmed as humans to have these like very high expectations of sure. what a win is. And it's just like kind of lowering down that expectation. So anything is a win. Yeah. And when we can start building and stacking those wins, they help build that confidence. They help build that belief, you know? Like I have a client who she's fairly new into the online coaching space and she was coming from like brick and mortar and she had all of this imposter syndrome like she mm. was just like man I'm she she owned a a popular um franchise um she she was a franchisee yeah and she had shut it down and she was like I feel really good like she was successful in that too and she's like I feel really good with like helping people but it's online thing.
0: Mm. I don't know
1: if I could do it. Yeah. And so it's like little by little, like let's just go launch a beta program. Let's just see what people want. And then she signed up 10 people. Yeah. And then she was like, oh. And then it's like, let me, and then let's just help those 10 people. Don't even worry about marketing and all this stuff. Let's just help these 10 people. Let's get them results. And then you'll start feeling more in your role. You'll start to become that person you need to be, you know?
0: Build that up. Yep. And don't you feel like when we put our head down and focus and, and literally just serve, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, just serve people, just be a servant. It, it pays itself forward. I think sometimes we get so mixed up in what this person is doing and what that person is doing and how much that person is making. And they have coaches under them and they're making you know, however many figures and, and it just gets oh, so yeah. easy to to look around at everything and forget like what our mission actually is just serve right where you're at. And, and I think that really helps with imposter syndrome too.
1: A hundred percent. And it's like, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's easy because all of us are, we're humans, right? So there's, we don't want to beat ourselves up about it, but yeah. it's easy to compare, you know, like we could say like, especially if you're in communities, right? Like yeah. the, um, the, some of the communities I'm in, like they're these, if I'm like comparing myself, like they're like, there's, there's companies doing eight, nine, 10 figures. And I'm just like, that's not me. <laughs> I'm yeah. not anywhere. Well, in,
0: but I don't. And it comes with bigger, bigger issues and bigger headaches and, and more right. responsibility too. So you got to ask yourself, is that what you really want?
1: Exactly. For sure. And that's why it's like, It's always like, and this is something that I teach when it comes to like really building out your, your marketing message and your brand positioning. It's like owning you, owning your story or owning your journey. Like when I built out my, my fitness business and my online fitness business, it came from my story. I was electrocuted in a house fire, like legitimate legitimately. I had all this, this weight on me. I figured it out. And so I started to help other people in the community, same thing online. I was like, what's a problem I can solve that I yeah. solve for myself. And I was like, I hel- I lost my own belly fat and that was yeah. a freaking struggle. Yeah. And I am pretty sure other people want that. And so I just literally built a program that helped people lose belly fat. That's that's all it serves. Yeah. Hey, you want to lose belly fat? Yep. Okay. Come on in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got you. Right. <laughs> wow, I think you hit a really good point there though, because I think like uh, a lot of this industry tries to keep up with the next guy. And so now they're like uh, a hormone expert and a gut health expert and uh, a bodybuilding expert. And, you know, all of these different, they're trying to build this just huge repertoire uh, yeah. you know, in their tool belt. And it's like, you know, look at uh, Weight Watchers, look at, you know, any of these huge successful, like Optivia, right? Like we don't agree with it. Right. But at the same point, it's successful. Why is it successful? Because they have an ICA. They have a very, very, very simple way of doing things and they get results. Like it's, well, it's simple.
1: One of the secrets to six to the, like the success of any great marketing campaign. And to be honest with you, I don't want to bring politics. I'm not super political or anything like that, but like, like, if you look at governments, like governments will use propaganda, mm-hmm. right. Like that's essentially what all successful marketing companies are doing. It's just like with great power comes great responsibility and it's all about intention. And so the greatest marketing companies, and this is how I built all of my businesses from the marketing front. It's like, you're not selling a solution. Like you are, right? Of course. Yeah. But like that's later down, like what you're doing and what these companies like Octavia and Weight Watchers and all these companies are doing is they're doing two things. They're selling a belief. Mm Mm-hmm. So they they they're helping their audience buy into a belief. Yeah. And they're selling an identity. Yeah. So it's like w- when you take on this belief and you use this service or product, you become this identity.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. And Well,
0: I mean, look you know, at weight you- watchers like every ad is you know these people are happy and they're smiling with their friends they're drinking a glass of wine they're at the restaurant like they are loving life right and maybe they're not like the skinniest people in the world but they are happy they are included they are not left out because they're on their diet and that's their messaging for i mean look at how successful that is yeah clients don't want to be told like eat more and lose weight like they don't want to hear that because in their mind that's not what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. And I sold pretty much and eat more, lose weight, but I didn't say it like that. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's selling the belief. Like I served a lot of people with fat loss. And Let them be online. the one that
0: says it. Yeah. In their testimony. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's building that it's building that belief that you can get your audience to buy into and it's intentional and it should come yeah. from truth. Right. Yeah. It's like, it has to come from truth. But the thing is, it's got to be polarizing. It's like, I like to tell people this. Like, imagine right now you're sitting in this like warm room, feels cozy, and I came in and just I pushed you over and you fell into an ice bath. Like, <laughs> like you would instantly be in shock and probably punch right. me, but you'd probably instantly be in you. shock. <laughs> yeah. This is what we have to do to our audience, right? Yeah. So if somebody's trying to lose weight per se. And they they think in their head that if they eat, if they just diet, right? If they if they um Move eat, eat less, more, move more. Yep. That's what their thought is. They're instantly going to lose weight. And now everything is a half truth. So in that person's mind, maybe they think that eating 600 calories is what they have to do and yeah. doing cardio every day on a treadmill is what they have to do. And so when we know who our avatar is like that, and we can go in there and polarize that without, you know, yeah. smacking you- them too hard. Polarizing the belief.
0: You just focus your marketing, and I want to get into this because I listened to one of your podcasts, and I'm super curious about this uh, strategic content plan that you talk a lot about. Um, But you're just basically saying, "Here's how you're going to feel with the end result," and that ultimately is what your marketing is about.
1: Yeah, so it's it's that it's selling the belief, right? So, for my, I'll I'll give a specific example for uh, two different examples here. So, in my fitness business. It was people are like, if I eat healthy, I lose weight. And I was just like, I don't know. Do you? And so I said, if you eat right, you'll lose weight. And so their mind was, if I eat healthy Mm. and I'm like, well, what does that even mean? Right. Right. So it's like, if you're eating, you know, apples, but you're eating like 300 calories, does that mean you're going to lose weight? And they're like, right. I don't know. I'm like, no, it doesn't. You have to eat right. So that means you have to dial in your calories. We have to get your proportions right for fat loss. Mm-hmm. We have to get foods that are sustainable and that right. work with your with your hormones, with your they aren't gonna bloat you up, things like that. And when you do those things, then you can lose fat. And they're right. like, oh, that sounds fantastic, Jason. But how? Come on into my yeah. DMs and like yeah. let's talk. Right. Right. In my business now, people just post and pray. Like I'm helping a lot of people with like mm. content marketing yes. and, and getting yes. their businesses up. And so it's like, they just post and pray that worked back before content was so commoditized. Right. Right.
0: Now you have people with like camera crews and amazing angles and that are video editors and they're amazing at it. Like you can't keep up with that.
1: And attention spans have dropped, right? Because of like TikToks and things like that. And so now it's like, I try to tell people like my new belief that I share to the, to people now, it's like, like You're not an influencer, an AKA overworked, underpaid content creator. Right. You're a business owner first, right? You're yeah. a coach. You're a business owner first. And what actual business owners, what what CEOs, what, what actual real in-demand coaches do is they strategize their content. They actually take the time to set up something that's going to be predictable, that's going to be reliable, it's going to be consistent so that they don't have to just be out there um, pumping out content. You know? every single day or like Gary V says yeah. 11 times a day and stuff like that, you know? Well,
0: and it's like, look at how much time you'll save when you're strategic with it. Cause I've talked to so many people that are like, oh my gosh, it took me two hours to make this one post. And it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, get your month to get your time back. It should take you two hours to write your week of content.
1: Yeah. I do a whole month. <laughs> if you go look, <laughs> look at my Facebook. My, our, our Facebook is where we're primarily, yeah, I don't do Instagram or, or I am on Instagram a little bit. We'll repurpose stuff, but like you look at what our is Facebook your,
0: stuff. what is your thought on this? Because I get asked this a lot too. Um, I do all of our, our, uh, uh, overall content, but do you, I feel that it's important to, to focus on one platform and maybe dabble in another, because I think it's too difficult to focus on multiple platforms.
1: 100% because all algorithms are different and all content's going to be slightly different. So, principle wise, like the the overarching principles are going to remain the same. It's like, you know, you got to create demand, shift perspectives, you've got to hook people in, have a solid call to action, right? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of the same principles, but 100%. Like just alone on Facebook, Facebook's primarily what I'm teaching people in the fitness and health space because mm-hmm. right now, straight up, like Facebook, not, a lot of people are stuck in the past. And they're like, have old stories of Facebook doesn't work anymore. And I'm like, actually, what most people don't know is Facebook is inc- incredibly smart. And yeah. they were losing market share like crazy to TikTok and to YouTube. Sure. And so what Facebook is doing is they're keeping business owners on the platform, right? As they know business owners are going to pay the money for the ads. Hence, no. I'm paying money in ads right now too. Um, So they are literally giving free leads to business owners right now. And people just don't know how to capitalize on it. But I do recommend a thousand percent to focus on one specific platform and really dial it in, optimize it, because it's one thing to post content. It's another thing to actually be strategic and and optimize what you're doing, you know? Yeah, Um, 100% because there's a lot of revenue to be made on any platform as long as you really focus on optimizing it, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and if we're focusing on too many different things, like you're, you're, you're all over the place. You're not focusing on one thing and you're not going to get deep enough to get anywhere.
1: Yeah. Like I know people that are generating leads on TikTok and IG and then Facebook, but they, but then I'm like, how many, you know, if, if, like how many sales are you making? They're like, ah, you know, it's inconsistent. I'm like, how's it inconsistent? I'm like, versus like right now I have a dang team that is fo- like right now, as I'm doing this podcast, I have a team that's out there marketing on our Facebook. Yeah. They're having conversations. Like we have an entire follow-up process. We have it's everything so dialed in. And so like, we just, it's like, for us, we book calls yeah. as our, as our, pro- so it's like, we're just booking call, 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 because it's like, that's where our focus is. Yeah. Like. I don't care if I will post some TikToks and stuff here and there, but like I don't care. It's not where I, your yeah, focus yeah. is. Yeah. And I
0: used, to get, I used to get imposter syndrome on that because I'm like, oh my gosh, everybody's all over the place. And it was so hard to keep. And then there were like apps popping up that I'd never even heard of. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot keep up with all of this. And then I realized, okay, they probably have huge marketing teams doing all yeah. of that. It's not like it's one person focusing on all these different platforms. And like you said, yet, like you can definitely get there, but it's not going to be you individually doing it all.
1: Yeah. If you look at like the, the bigger names that are touting this stuff, like Alex Hormozzi and Grant Cardone and Gary V, like Alex Hormozzi for one has literally said that like he's spending 70 to 80 K on a marketing team. Yeah. Right. And so I'm always like, why, why do that? Like, if you're, a content creator, sure, that's your freaking job. But yeah. if you're a coach and you're like a, a, a trainer or a business, a gym, owner, you just want to help people, why are you spending so much freaking time being a content creator? Yeah. Like the whole point of you posting content is to generate clients, to generate leads and clients. So why are you doing all this extra work? That's like yeah. always been my thought. I'm like, why wouldn't you just be more strategic? Yeah. Like stop trying to like, put more information out into the world. People don't freaking, they know they need to be in a calorie. They know they need to eat less and move more. They know that. Yep. So like, stop trying to tell them and just sell them what they want. Give them what they need.
0: Yeah. I. Yes. I'm so glad we're talking about this because I think this is one of the areas that so many people get hung up on, spend so much time on, and then feel not necessarily lost, but almost defeated with, their content because it takes them so much time and effort with such little result because it's not like you said, strategic.
1: Yeah. And I can, I can, I can give like exactly what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's, sure. let's do,
0: let's break in. Let's break into it. I actually had this written down because of, uh, one of your podcasts. I don't remember specifically what it was like three or four back, but, um, you talked about a strategic content plan and, um, you know, and then not doing the post and pray method. And so strategic content creation. That's kind of what I wrote down, the planning blocks and and all of that that you were talking about.
1: Yep. And so first of all, to kind of close the loop on on you had asked me before how I got into coaching coaches. Yeah. And I I know it's it's kind of popular these this day and age for people just to like like pick up opportunity. And like, you see so many people coaching coaches and coaches, coaching coaches and coaches, coach, 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 coach. I think it goes on. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's for, for me, just like everything in my life, it came out of need. Um, and I was crushing it. And I had just literally, I, 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 at one point I had about a hundred, no lie, like a hundred people. Like we had, and I, the only reason I knew the number is because one of my VAs at the time was like, Jason, I'm keeping a list on this Google sheet of all of these trainers that keep DMing you. And mm-hmm. so I had all of these people DMing me, asking me for help with their videos and their content. They were like, how are you doing what you're doing? Like we're trying, like literally people would copy my exact freaking words and it wasn't working for them. And they're like, how are you doing this? And my VA is like, she's the one that prompted me to do this, by the way. She was like, you should probably sell them something. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like,
0: I love how you brought up the point that it came out of a need and you were already successful in, in coaching clients, because I feel like some people are like, meh, I'm not, this isn't going so well. Maybe I'm going to try this over here instead versus like you were rocking and rolling, getting asked so much about what you were doing that it really forced you to create this entire business that you have now.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, um, but that's kind of what, le- like, I-, I wanted to like, uh, preset the strategy with that because that's kind of what it came yeah. from. And it was just like, for me, I was just like, Hey, I don't want to do this. And then I had one dude who's actually now, um, one of the head coaches on my, on my team.
0: Oh, sweet. Yeah. He,
1: he He said, I'll pay you. I will give you six grand pretty much to teach me how I'm doing this. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. Like, I know, again, no program, nothing. I was just like, oh, I'll just show you what I'm doing. And that turned out, you know, fast forward two and a half, two and a half years, that's turned into a little did you know program. that
0: was the program? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So crazy, um, you know, how things turn out. And we just grew so fast. Like literally we launched, um, we launched with 80, 000, an $80,000 launch, which for me, like I had no program, but just people, we just started hitting the people up that were asking me. And I was just like, Hey, you want to, we're going to do something. We're going to put a beta group together. You want to join? Uh, and we had, you know, I think 10, 10, 11 people end up joining that. In um, that kind of led. So over the last couple of years, what we've done is kind of, we form these, these content, which I'll share. We form these, like what I call, I, I I call them conversion content formulas or strategic content formulas interchangeable because um the key is, especially now more than ever before it's, if you just post a post, you're hoping that it gets engagement. You're hoping people see it versus if you can sequence content together, like, Let's think about an old school email automation, right? Like day one, you know, somebody enters, they get this email. Then you wait a day, they get this email. You wait another day or 15 minutes, they get this email, right? Blah, 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 blah. I took that same principle. I was like, how can we make this happen with content? Yeah. Right. You can't automate it. You can't technically you can, but nope. You know, anyways, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a rabbit hole. (laughs) <laughs> and so I was like, how can yeah. we do this with, with behavior? Right. Sure. And so yeah. like, I, I went to work and, and so I can give some references here. I mean, I studied Influence by Robert Caldini. I've studied, uh, uh, what other books? That was the, one of the big ones I studied. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People was a big study book. Yeah, this I process. like that book. Um, I'll have to find some more I can reference. There's a few very in, social psychology principle-based. There was another one. I think the like switch might've been one. Um, I'll have to find, there's a couple other ones. And so what I did is like, how can we how can we pretty much sequence content together to hit people and work off social psychology? Yeah. Uh, like things like building reciprocity, getting people committed creating demand kind of like the diamond industry so right contents everywhere so people are like they don't value it as much as they used to right versus like the diamond industry what they do is they limit the supply and increases the demand and i was like okay how can we take this and that's what it is right so whenever you create like strategic content i like to reverse engineer it i like to think about okay what's a theme that i can choose and so if I want to say maybe losing fat for summer or booking sales calls with content, right? What's a, just a general theme that goes along with my brand messaging, right? And then from there, I think about what is a very specific pain, symptom, desire, something that my audience currently has right now, right? What's something very specific? Maybe it's like like I'm about to do a training tomorrow and, and Wednesday, it's like the most up-to-date content strategies um, to get online clients in 2023. So the, the desire is online clients. The pain is inconsistent. So it's like, I think about that, that main pain, that main specific, very specific pain or desire. And then from there, I'm like, okay, I always pillar it. I think it's absolutely necessary to have a live training element into your content. You got to have at least one a month. I know some people are going to feel different ways. They're going to be like, I'm scared of lives. Ah, I'm scared of speaking. I'm like, you just got to, there, there's so many ways to get over that. But like, I do believe that it's necessary to have some kind of workshop live, something that you're doing as a pillar content. Yeah, right? I agree. Do you have to? No. Can you, I, I've had people sell without it, but I can tell you right now, if you're doing content marketing, you got to have something. Even if you're yeah. in person. Like right. you can do this stuff and you can follow these same principles and lead people to a workshop. Right. Um, and then from there, I like to have something to tease it out. Right. So those are like the pillars, the live training and the tease, and it's going to be built around that pain or desire and around that theme. And then from there, I, I go all the way to the top. I'm like, okay, so what's a trigger that I can get people interested in this topic? And from there, there's various ways to do it. I mean, you can use polls. You can use like those two-step style posts um, where you do like a color background on Facebook. You know, you could do, um, use your stories. You can use questions. There's a lot of different ways that you can do it. Um, What's going to matter is your hook. You have to have the right hook. Not like Mike Tyson, but like the, the, the actual right hook to get your audience to say, hell yeah, I freaking want that. You gotta have the right angle. So if it's just like super boring, it's not gonna stand out as much. You gotta have right. a good angle on it, right? And you gotta have the right call to action. You gotta have the right CTA with this. Yeah. And if you do this effectively, like I just had a um, I just had a woman do this the other day. She generated 763 leads organically. Wow. <laughs> because amazing. she had these elements in place. Yeah. Now from there, that's like um the rock and Kevin Hart promoting a movie. Sure. They have these right elements in place. They're going to fill up that movie. They don't have to right. really sell. Right. Same thing with these. If you, if you have the right angle, the right hook, the right CTA with these trigger posts or pieces of content, you get a bunch of people interested. If you do this right from there, you have your audience. Yeah. Now you have leads. Now you can invite them. Now you're not having to chase people. You can invite them to watch what you're doing. And then from there, you got to do, there's what I call polarizing and belief shifting content. Mm -hmm. You want to pepper a couple of those in the sequence, right? So you've triggered people, to get interested. Then you want to shift people's perspective on your brand's belief. Really, really important. And if you scroll my Facebook page, you'll see how I do this. And then you want to have something polarizing. I'm very well known for these. Like I lose followers pretty much every week from doing these, but I also gain a lot of yeah. People well, you as probably
0: well. lose the ones that you weren't gonna convert anyways.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's what I I, I look at it. Like I had a woman <laughs> reach out to me. <laughs> like I, I used to get really like um bent out of shape about this stuff if she yeah. reached out to me. And which I which is this probably is common, normal
0: but, in the in the beginning to yeah, feel she, that she, way. She,
1: she told me, um, she told me I, uh, she pretty much said you were sleazy and giving coaches a bad name. I was like, what? Wow. Okay.
0: That means, so, you know, you're doing it right. When you offend people. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm like,
1: what makes me sleazy? Like, what did I do? Yeah, But I'm just speaking my truth. And sometimes right. I do believe that the higher frequency, and this is not like, I, I think all of us have this, Right. Like the higher frequency we go and the higher vibration we go, people that are on a lower level of frequency and vibration, like they're still stuck in their own way and they they're just unwilling to move. They're gonna they're gonna throw their stuff at you, and that's all it is, right? So when somebody like hates on you or they judge you, it's not you, it's them, it's just they're in a different level of thinking. Yeah, and they just don't know what they don't know. And it's it's I, I have
0: you gotta have compassion for those kind of people because it's like I know i I've experienced that recently i my husband and i are are competitors, and that's cool. I just competed in uh November in this list and we have three I told you my kids' ages six, th- 14 and seventeen and they're so into um you know a healthy and fit lifestyle. I wouldn't say in a threatening or overbearing way. it's just that's an important thing to our family and and I had a, a DM from a lady that told me our life was disgusting. Our lifestyle is disgusting, and she feels sorry for our children. <laughs> and You yeah. know, honestly, I just had to be like, you know what? To each their own. And I'm I'm sorry that you feel that way, but um, I I have no regrets with our life. You know, our, our kids are watching their parents have goals of their own, uh, making good choices when a lot of families aren't doing that same thing. And if uh, that's how, what she's getting out of, out of what we're putting out there in the world, then she's getting it wrong. But out of all of the others, I mean, it's, it's, I think, inspiring to watch people go through hard things and accomplish what they say they're going to do. And, but you can't please everyone.
1: Yeah. They had their own biases. You know, I, I remember I used to talk a lot about metabolism and in, mm-hmm. in my fitness business and I would offend so many fitness people, but like, so let alone, I up on my one of my bookshelves right here. I have like five books just on metabolism. Like I knew yeah. my stuff. I studied yeah. it like the back of my hand. But I would, you know, so I would be like spitting truth. I would just twist the words so I I met my market where they were mentally. Sure. They yeah, my market, my market didn't know what a negatively adapted metabolism was, right? But they sure. knew their metabolism was broken. And so I would say words that they knew and I would be like so that they resonated. Because if I said, Hey, your med- metabolism is negatively adapted. They would be like, huh? <laughs> I would lose them. What does that and mean? So, like, yeah. In their mind, they were like, Jason, I think my metabolism is broken. And so I yeah. would be like, Hey, do you think your metabolism is broken? And they would be like, Yes, I do. And I would be able to lead them in because I spoke to what they—it's in their head. And I yeah. used to have like, I used to have these like fitness um, people that would reach out and be like, Dude, you're, you're just a scamming people. You're—I'm like, Am I? Well, you're selling freaking cookies, and I'm actually delivering transformations. Like, who's right. scamming who? You know, and yeah. so it's like people throw their own biases at you hundred. And you know, but anyway, so the strategic formula is that, I mean, there's so many different ways you could do it. In fact, at the time of us talking right now, I have eighteen of these that i've we've tested over and over and over again in um our market, in the health and fitness markets. And so there's a lot yeah. of different ways to do it, but the ideology behind it, it's like you theme it. So like that way the whole sequence stays on theme. And then from there, it's like you want to um, position your, your pillars. That's kind of like your movie premiere. And then you build sequences. So you generate the leads with the right hook, the right angle and the right CTA. If you do that, if that will get leads if you do it correctly to a warm audience. Even if you have 10 leads, what does it matter, right? If, it's, if you're doing it to warm audience, you should get leads. Then from there, you want to do some belief shifting content, some polarizing content. And you want to obviously show some kind of proof, right? Right. right. Like people can start getting hope. If you do this correctly, you have shifted your audience's perspective. You have generated the leads. You have given them hope with proof. And then from there, you tease it out. So you're like creating all this demand. Like people are like, I got to see this. And then you deliver the training. And then from there, you can have a lead magnet inside of that training that you can give out. And this is in a nutshell, there's different ways to do it. But that's kind of the ideology. I mean, you could do a series of videos. There's a lot of different ways you can go about it. That's the ideology. And that is how to have like consistent leads and and stuff coming in organically right now.
0: I think that is amazing. (laughs) And I really like that too, because it, it allows you to also focus. So you're not like, Oh, I saw somebody do this reel yesterday. That's cool. I'm going to do that on Thursday. And then, you know, what I mean like you're not all over the place. You're so focused and dialed in it almost doesn't even allow you to look around and have that imposter syndrome of everybody else is doing something different. Yeah. It, it, it it's clear. I love that. Well, I think that we have so many amazing golden nuggets from this podcast today. So I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to give this audience too much. Um, but if somebody has, you know, questions about your Facebook group or where to get in contact with you, I know Facebook is your jam. So, um, I will put your contact information in here uh, for that, but is there anything else that you wanted to say to the audience today?
1: Um, you know, Uh, yeah, like your message matters, you know, like right now, no matter where you're at in your business, maybe you're doing well, maybe you're, you're struggling a little bit. doesn't matter where you are. What does matter is like right now, there are people out there that are literally suffering, right? There's, there's people that are eating too much. They're drinking too much. They're stressed out. They're teaching their kids bad habits. They're, they're just living very mediocre Um, in fact, probably less than mediocre lives. And if you're in this industry as a fitness, health, nutrition coach, chiropractor, I don't care what you do, if you're helping people, like you have a message, you have a story, you have really a responsibility. And I think that comes from Spider-Man, right? With great responsibility comes, um, or with great power comes great responsibility. And you have this power. And so I tell you, like, Inside of you, whether you think you do or not, you do have a message. You do have a way to convey and communicate to your audience to help move them towards making better decisions in their lives. And I believe that when you take responsibility for that, when you take that responsibility to make sure that your message gets out there, it gets heard, it gets seen, and you do what it takes to make that happen, whether your goal is monetary and you want more money, it's more impact, whatever it is, you will get that when you're doing, when you're putting it out there for the greater good, when you're helping move people up the, the plane of life, if you will, like you will have everything that you ever want. And so right now, if you're in fear, if you're struggling, or if you're just kind of like, you know, chilling out, just know that you have a lot of power (laughs) inside of you. And I urge you to take that out.
0: Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for those, those final words of encouragement. That's everybody's message matters. And yeah. There are so many people out there. I think that's the other thing too, is, is don't forget that there are so many more people now than ever that need your help. So even though there's a lot more health and fitness professionals out there, there's that many more people out there that need your help. So thank you so much yeah. for being here today. My pleasure. If you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast, your Instagram story, your Facebook page, or any of your other social media platforms so that we can help other health and fitness entrepreneurs out there succeed in business. We so appreciate you listening in. And until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.